Good evening and welcome to my view from the rim. It is a new year, uh, the 2nd of January of 2022. Boy, are we glad that 2021 is over. We've made it around the sun. Not all of us have. There are many notable people who have passed on and many, many, many more people who were notable in their circles or perhaps not even noticed by anyone. It's part of the great plan uh, that our Heavenly Father has given us. Uh, and so while those that remain will mourn the deaths of loved ones, friends, acquaintances, etc., for those who have passed on, it's a new beginning, a new life, as they progress in immortality. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. Um, what I wanted to focus on uh, today was, uh, especially since we're not able to um, have church today because of the cold and snow, um, I was supposed to teach, and so we're just going to be talking about that lesson. Now, the podcast format for this is quite a bit more difficult than the way I teach, uh, simply because I base what is being taught in the lesson on what people actually want to hear, as opposed to only the things that I think are important. The This year in our Come Follow Me studies, uh, we're studying the Old Testament. Now, a lot of people are not huge fans of the Old Testament. I can't understand why. But a lot of people just simply are not fans of it. They, they perceive wrongly that the God of the Old Testament is a God to be feared. I mean, it's, we're told to fear God, even though uh, most people think that that's a bad translation. And we see all sorts of thunderings and lightnings. I mean, he wiped out the entire population except for Noah and his family. He also destroyed cities and at times seemed aloof from his chosen people. But we'll be getting into all that uh, throughout the course of uh, this year, and I look forward to it. We also have as highlighted in the previous post, the previous podcast, many, many mentions regarding the coming Messiah. Isaiah, the psalmist, Micah, Hosea, many, many prophets. In fact, I think that one of the common thread, and this is what we're, this is what I'm going to focus on today. I hope that um, that you, if you are 
actively engaged in Come Follow Me as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or just interested in what we are learning and teaching, that I'd love to know what it is that you that really stood out. And so what we're going to highlight in the next few minutes is some of the things that stood out to me. And so we're going to begin. So just for the record, this week's lesson was on the book of Moses, chapter 1, and the book of Abraham, chapter 3. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints scripture, these two books are located in what is called the Pearl of Great Price. Moses, in particular, is part of what is referred to as the inspired version of the Bible. Um, and what it provides tremendous insight um, through the revealed word of Moses in particular, and uh, as he compiled the writings and the histories of his people. Now, most people acknowledge that the first five books of the Bible were written by Moses, and, and obviously Moses was not at hand to witness, well, in mortality, to witness the creation of the earth, um, to witness the events leading up to the flood, and the events leading up to Israel being enslaved in Egypt. All Moses could speak of from personal experience is his life and Israel leaving Egypt in the great exodus. However, the Lord revealed, and this is one of the key things, prophets are also revelators, meaning that they will reveal God's word to us. And this is what Moses has done, um, as well as in the book of Abraham. And so as we talk about this, well, let's just talk about what actually is, is stated, and then we will talk about uh, some of the impressions that I had. So most of you um, would turn to Genesis chapter 1 and read, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Now, if I have not pointed out previously, if I'm quoting out of the Bible, it's going to be out of the King James Version. I know that there are many versions out there. Um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uses the King James Version. And I personally love the language uh, that was used in the day. So, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, right off the bat, we, we find something uh, that stood out to me was in the beginning, which implies a start. And if you have a start, then you have an end. And while it's true that mortality is finite, 
the matter involved in creating the earth and everything therein is not finite in one form or another. God himself has no beginning and no end. And this is where we're going to go step right into the book of Moses. And this is how the book of Moses starts off. Chapter 1. The words of God, which he spake unto Moses at a time when Moses was caught up into an exceedingly high mountain. And he saw God face to face, and he talked with him. And the glory of God was upon Moses, therefore Moses could endure his presence. No man can be in the presence of God and live without being protected by the Holy Ghost. And God spake unto Moses, saying, Behold, I am the Lord God Almighty, and endless is my name. For I am without beginning of days or end of years, and is not this endless? So this is Moses' introduction to Jehovah um, at the burning bush. Now remember, Moses was a man of science in, in Egypt, the science of the day that he was well-versed on. And so perhaps because of that education that Moses received in Egypt, he may have been able to get a little bit of a grasp on everything he was about to see because he was essentially shown everything that had to do with this earth. To give him understanding of it. He told Moses that he was like, well, that he, he referred to him in verse 6. He says, and I have a work for thee, Moses, my son. A child of his heavenly father. And thou art in the similitude of mine only begotten. And mine only begotten is and shall be the Savior. For he is full of grace and truth. But there is no God beside me, and all things are present with me, for I know them all. It's hard for us to grasp the concept of eternity. Well, when I say us, of course, I can only speak personally about me. There are times that I do catch small glimpses of it. But they are indeed very small. We are raised here in mortality in a world of finite capacity, it seems. Of course, that's not actually the case because the, God, the laws of nature are eternal and they are controlled and used by God. He used the laws of the universe to create our world. 
he used the laws to set up the plan of salvation, which is how we are able to return to live with our Father in heaven. To balance the needs of justice through obedience to the law and to punish the disobedience of the law with mercy of the price for breaking the law having been paid by someone else, that being Jesus Christ. So Moses sees this grand vision. And then God's presence withdraws from him. And he's left alone. And he talks about how it, the space of several hours to recover his strength because he was, you know, he had, while he had been protected, it was also very physically demanding to be in God's presence. Satan then appeared to, to Moses. And of course, you're not going to find this in Genesis. This is the revealed word in the book of Moses. And Satan demands that Moses worship him. And Moses looks at him and says, Where is your glory that I should worship you? I've seen God. And I could not stand to be in his presence without his spirit protecting me. But where is your glory? For you have none. And Satan tried to say, no, worship me, I am God, etc., etc. Just like he did a very similar event with um, Jesus Christ immediately after his baptism. And Moses faced this alone. And ultimately, Satan, using all of his power to cause the earth to rumble and shake and, and to really put fear into Moses, you know, tries to tell Moses that, no, he is the Son of God, meaning the only begotten Son of God or Jesus Christ, and that he should worship him. And Moses reminded him of, of the commandment that he should have no other gods before him, meaning Jehovah. And he told him to depart. And ultimately, by calling upon the power of heaven, Moses commanded Satan to depart. And he did. And God's presence returned. And Moses was able to see even more things. Now, one of the things that I had thought of as I was going through this lesson was there are a couple things that seem very consistent Um that prophets receive as part of their calling. And Moses was shown a great deal 
including the plan of salvation. Just as the prophet Joseph Smith was in the, in the sacred grove outside of Palmyra, New York, in 1820, when he saw God the Father in Jesus Christ. Prior to Joseph Smith seeing that, he experienced a darkness that was very real, very terrible, that he felt it was going to overwhelm him. And it was through his faith in God the Father and Jesus Christ that he cried out to them, that he withstood the darkness. To be relieved, as was Moses. And I think that this, this is opinion, warning, 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 opinion. I believe that this is a common trait with all prophets who are called to lead in an era. That they have to, perhaps not physically face the devil, but they have to be tried and refined and purified and sanctified to be able to withstand Satan's power. And that they are given to know of God's love for us and his plan for us. And what was uh, God's plan for us? In Moses chapter 1, verse 39, it says it very simply. For behold, this is my work and my glory, to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man. Immortality is a gift to all. But you notice that those two things are spoken of as being separate and distinct. It's because they are. All will live again. We talked about that in my Messiah podcast. Adolf Hitler, Cain, all will be restored in a resurrected and perfected body. Now, eternal life is a little bit different, and we're not going to talk about the, the depth of the difference between eternal life and immortality. Um, this is a, a doctrinal uh, theological discussion that we'll have at another time. Um, but it is a distinct thing. And while we cannot, as mortals, earn eternal life, we can demonstrate our faithfulness to God through our acts on this earth and our willingness to accept fully 
His grace. Our willingness to strive to keep the commandments. To demonstrate our love for God. But again, it's not something that we can earn ourselves. Christ pointed out that even if we come here and we do everything that we're supposed to do, we're obedient and such, we are still at best counted as unprofitable servants. It is only when we willingly and completely submit our will to the Father's will. And when I say that, I don't mean that by strict obedience except for this. That we choose to obey because we want to, not because we have to. And there is a difference. Obedience to the law, because of a threat of punishment, is, well, it's coercion. Some people may say that, uh, that we are enslaved to the law by doing that. However, willing obedience... Because of our love for God. Because of our gratitude of what he has done for us. Is a completely different thing. Where we choose. Just as the Savior chose. To bend his will. And to obey his father's will. To make what Father wanted him to do, what he wanted wanted to do. I can't really speak on that enough. Because it is the Savior Jesus Christ. And his willingness to take upon himself the sins of the world. Who has made it possible for us to choose in this lifetime and beyond. The book of Abraham um, is much more of a. I don't know how I want to how I want to put it. Let me see if I can. Uh, um, the introduction to chapter three reads as such: Abraham, Abraham learns about the sun, moon, and stars by means of the Urim and Thummim, which were seer stones. The Lord reveals to him the eternal nature of spirits. Remember how I mentioned that matter is eternal? 
Our spirits are as well. We lived before we came to this earth. He learns of pre-earth life, foreordination, the creation, the choosing of a redeemer, and the second estate of man. Those are a lot of big words, and there are a lot of governing things. Um, I will attach a link to a song that we were going to sing, actually a couple songs we were going to sing that are songs that sometimes will scare people when people actually read the lyrics, which people often do not. But I'm going to post them anyway. One of them was If You Could High Into Kolob. And the closing hymn today was going to be Oh My Father. The first song written by W.W. Phelps, who was uh, an associate of the prophet Joseph Smith. And the second was written by Eliza R. Snow, who was the second General Relief Society president of the church. The Relief Society being the women's organization. Back then, it literally was a relief society where they coordinated the storage of, of farm stuffs and, and things, and then meted them out when the time came. But the Lord revealed to Abraham that Abraham was one of those choice spirits that was sent, just as all of us are, by the way. When I say choice, I'm not trying to single out somebody and say that, 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 I'm not trying to say, well, you know, Yes, everyone is special. And so how does that distinguish you? Well, it's simple. You're an individual. I'm an individual. And because we are individuals, we are all special and unique in our own ways. We were chosen to come to earth at this time for a purpose. Whether or not we can ever figure out that purpose in life, I don't know. I still wonder why I was sent out to Twin Falls, Idaho. Um, why God called me out there. To this day, I wonder about that, and I suspect that I'm not going to know until I leave this life. The lesson, which was just two little chapters, and the Pearl of Great Price, and I'll, I'll link those two. Um... such a massive topic to be not even be able to discuss in the 25 or 26 minutes that I've been discussing. But I just wanted to give you a glimpse into it. One is that, in my view, not doctrine, is that most prophets, when they are called to be the Lord's prophet, seer, and revelator on the earth, that they've all probably at one time or another had probably on a lesser scale. Similar experiences. I testify to you that God lives and that Jesus is his son, that he came to earth and died 
for us so that we can live again. He has completed his mission. We just have to complete ours. And that's my view from the rim.